sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh yeah, we're already in the year 2022, cranking right along toward the end of January. I'm Towards the Nate. end of the world. <laughs> oh, so it feels. there's viruses. It's Stephen King's The Stand happening right yep. now. If you every believe, every time I turn around, somebody else has got the got the Omicron. Oh yeah, everybody's got it, and yet I'm sorry, everybody I know that has got it is living. So I'm not sure. I'm not saying that this is the greatest political like thing that anybody could inactivate to yeah. create fear and panic. But yeah, I I agree. I, I will tell you this. Um, I got to spend a week. Well, actually, uh, three days uh, tending my wife in the uh, ICU, the unit of the local hospital. Allie went in for serious surgery last week, uh, quite unexpectedly. Uh, not COVID-related. Not COVID-related at all. Now, uh, the ICU unit where she was sent, I noticed when I came in and talked for the nurses about it, of the eight rooms in the unit, four had been, there was extra uh, construction around the entrances. There were plastic barriers. There were uh, blowers to maintain negative air pressure, positive air pressure inside, whatever it is. Uh, they were clearly set up as clean rooms for COVID patients. Uh-huh. I'm listening. All four, all four were empty for the whole time we were there. But, but I will tell you this, the emergency room was jammed with people standing in line, coming in for COVID testing. And from what I understand, uh, you know, a lot of tests were positive. Yeah. But I, the percentage I, of those were landing in ICU, at least in this little hospital in Amelia Island, Florida, where we are, uh, you know, we didn't see anybody in ICU. Well, I love that we don't have to make any conclusion about this uh, right. one way or the other. But I, I have a literally the amount of people that I know that have had COVID in the last, yeah. I don't know, six weeks has been yeah. 500, 700, yeah. 1,000 yeah. percent more than in the last few years. Yeah. And it's been like a couple weeks of having yeah. a flu kind of thing. And then they move on. So but let's, I, and I'm let's, glad. Let's not, let's not make light, though, of all those friends uh, uh, that we have lost during the course of this pandemic. Let's not, I'm not trying, I am not trying to build a narrative here to say that COVID is fake news. Obviously no, not. No, it's, it's no. not. Well, but that seems that, like this that, Omicron thing is a little less. Why? Well, I don't know why we're talking about it. This I don't is know. Pirate Monk podcast. I know we don't talk about this, but you know, here we are talking <laughs> about it, but I'm, I am so glad that Allie, you know, it was back and forth with whether she'd have the surgery. She had the right. surgery and yeah. she's doing better. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she is on the mend. She's on the mend. She's back home. She spent three days in ICU uh, uh, and another day uh, in another part of the hospital and then came home. She is getting a little bit better every day. Still hurting, but hurting a little less each day. And, and uh, you know, just pray for the poor woman because she has me 
as her nurse. And I might possibly be the world's worst nurse, but I'm. Um, well, uh, hey, hey, we're you making did, the best. Of you it. didn't sign up for it. You didn't get educated. <laughs> you're doing the best you can. It's fine. I mean, you might be a shitty nurse, but you're doing the best you can. <laughs> I'm doing the best. I, can. I remember when you were a shitty cook, but then you yeah. had to learn how to, you know, yeah. use your own oven. Better. You got, got better. better. So this is the way it works. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I did make a quick trip up north over the weekend. My son came and uh, he spent uh, the la- Allie's last day in the hospital. He was with her and then he was the one who brought her home. I, I was spent two days and one night. I made a quick shot back to Tennessee, had to finalize paperwork for the purchase of our new house. We had a Samson House board meeting and uh, a couple other things. But I also, man, what a privilege it was. Just the week before, I'd gotten a phone call from... The guy in res- uh, responsible for training for the Davidson County Sheriff's Department. That's that's the Sheriff's Department responsible for all of Metro Nashville. Um, they've got a thousand employees. He's responsible for their training. And uh, you know, he, he remembered hearing me speak somewhere, I think at a human trafficking conference five years ago, ask if I would come uh, – he's got to do 20 in-service sessions, but the idea was – I'd come in and speak to an audience of maybe 50 people. They'd tape it and then over the course of the next few months, show it to all of their employees. And uh, so I got to speak to 40 members of the sheriff's department, uh, got to talk about addiction and sex addiction and Samson and uh, the fact that nobody is immune from addiction and uh, there's no solution apart from community. Got to talk about a higher power. Um, so what's a great I, experience. What, okay. So we're talking about cops right now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. What is it about cops, pastors, anybody who's uh-huh. in a position of authority is supposed to be something other than everybody right, else. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me about how you, cause obviously that's, that's what you were addressing. Sure. Is, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what can we, the people who are not, more than we who are not right, cops yeah. and pastors. I love getting to say that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Me too. What, what are I we? I love th- being a civilian, baby. I know. Yeah. So, so what are the <laughs> civilians supposed to understand about you addressing? Hey, we know there's this weird double standard you didn't sign up for, but came right. with the job, right, and sure. yet you're yeah. still just a person. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know uh, what we can do about it, but I do love the frame of mind of the sheriff and his staff. I was very impressed with their staff. They have in-house counselors. Uh, he, you know, They make the point they do not expect cops to be immune from addiction. And there's no uh, price they pay for self-reporting. They can always get help. It's a very, very supportive environment. That I don't know that that's often the case. And I certainly know that that's not often the case when we're talking about clergy. Uh, we're talking about pastors. That tends to be a very impatient, zero tolerance uh, atmosphere in which, you know, we've talked about this before. Your job is to climb up on that pedestal and stay there. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot to be if you don't have, uh, you know, a supportive community. I'm grateful that 
at least in this sheriff's department, it seems to me as though it's a healthy community. So what do you do if if someone, whether they're a cop, a pastor, a uh-huh. CEO, a CFO, right. I don't know what any a of these teacher. things mean, a teacher, anybody who's supposed to be better than, right? Yeah. like how... I, I've I've watched this over the course of Samson, where it's like, yeah. okay, let's make a separate place for them, which isn't bad. But yeah. what do you what do you do if you are a person? And I think everybody feels like this, whether they are that person or not. That's the weird yeah. thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. whether you're in a position of celebrity, power, whatever, yeah. everybody feels like nobody else will understand them. So that's yeah, the common right, right. thread. Sure, right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what what's step one for a person who feels isolation because of that kind of narrative? Oh, for somebody who has become replaced in that position? Yeah, who feels like, you know what, I need I, I need to keep myself special. I'm I'm yeah. thinking of certain people that have said I needed yeah, yeah. I needed a special yeah. space and yeah. it's not illegitimate entirely. Right. right, right. Right, but, right, right. But, but everybody feels that, even if it's if it is or isn't legitimate. Yeah. So what do yeah, they do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think they've you've got to have a safe place to go. We all have to have a safe place to go. And uh, you know, for some of us, you know, one of the reasons I got out of the ministry was, you know, I could I could hear the oncoming train. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to end badly, and it just seemed it seemed. Uh, uh, that this, you know, the safest thing to do. I, I was just scrambling to safety. First of all, get out of the ministry because I'm very vulnerable there, and I will be publicly humiliated, crucified, and ruined if they catch me while I'm still a pastor. So I better become a civilian. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, if the, I, I love that. For those of you, uh, those that don't know your story, that you were like, yeah, I either need to get out of the ministry or stop being a sex addict. Right. So you got out of the ministry. Like well, there wasn't a choice. I knew yeah, then. That's a I, huge were, statement. Yeah, right, right. But I was young enough that I could. Not everybody can. Uh, uh, you know, I've spoken to a great many pastors who, quite frankly, are envious that I was able to make that decision when I did. Uh, I, it, it haunts me forever listening to a pastor of a church say, I feel as though as a pastor, the door to repentance is closed to me. That's tragic. Uh, but if, uh, you know, I'm grateful that the Samson Society and, and is a safe place, and I'm grateful that we have the online meetings now because that's an added layer of safety. And uh, heartened to know, heartened to see that a great many of the guys who come to those online meetings, they don't want a separate pastor's meeting. They just want to be a man among men. They want to be a person and they want to safely, they, wa- they want to be able to uh, start telling the truth without fear of negative repercussions and they find that safe environment in the online meetings. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hey, there's one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, I am, while I'm down here sequestered in Florida, working on uh, the proposal, the book proposal for uh, the second edition of Samson and the Pirate Monks. Believe it or not, it has been 15 years since that book came out. Crazy. Uh, it's t- time for an updated uh, and expanded, revised and expanded edition. We've learned a lot in 15 years, and a lot has happened at Samson. There are ways that we can amplify the story. But one of the key ways 
that I want to amplify the story is to bring more voices into it. You know, when we first envisioned the book, I was working on the model, which I still admire, the, the model of the big book of AA, which begins with Bill W.'s story, moves to an explanation of the principles and practice of society. But the last third of the book, almost half of the book, is story after story after story of uh, uh, submitted by members of AA. They're not biographies. People aren't telling their whole story, but they're telling a piece of their story that conveys a message or a lesson or a principle that they have learned during the course of their recovery. Uh, and it's so powerful. And that's what I came to the publishers with and said, this is what it's going to look like. Well, back then I had no livers. There were only 50 guys in Samson to begin with. And I, you know, I didn't have an audience and I, I had no leverage. And what they gave me was, okay, we can have some stories, but they're going to be a page and we're going to insert them randomly in the second half of the book. So that interrupts the flow of the second half of the book. You keep bumping into these stories that bots out, but they're very truncated and they don't say much. 15 years later, We've got a hell of a lot more guys. We've got a whole lot more stories. We have a lot of wisdom. We can produce a much better book. And I think we can give guys room to write 750 to 1,500 words, maybe even 2,000 words, depending on, uh, again, not an autobiography, not their full story. We don't have time to do that. But uh, to tell their story of a, key moment in their recovery uh, or, or in their addiction that led them to recovery. We don't a lot, want a lot of drunkologues. Mostly we want this to be constructive, positive sobriety, but different guys telling, uh, you know, bringing experience, strength, and hope and adding their voices to the book. Well, and especially so, those guys that have experienced online meetings yeah. that, you know, wouldn't have been a part of your original sure, sure. stuff, sure, but that's sure, so sure. important. So yeah, yeah. So what what so are you asking we'll be, for? Where do they give these these? Yeah, stories? yeah. So we'll the, we'll be putting that out in the noble briefing. By the way, if you don't yet, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't get the noble briefing, go to the website samsonsociety.com and register and sign up and get the damn thing, so that we can keep in touch. Uh, we, I don't know. We might do a mass mailing requesting uh, submissions. I'll give some more guidelines for submissions. But in the meantime, listeners, be thinking, be praying. By the way, uh, we'll probably get more uh, stories than we can use in this volume. If so, I do see follow-up volumes just of stories. Um, you know, in essay, they used to, I don't know whether they still do it, but every year or so, they publish just a collection of stories, which I found very, very helpful. So I can't guarantee that what you submit will make it. Uh, I, you know, I, the publisher will be making edits and final decisions, but I, uh, yeah, just be on the lookout for it. It'll be coming in the next uh, month or two. And we... We'll be right back with a scintillating conversation with our <laughs> guest today here yeah. on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
And we're back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, our guest today, you know, uh, listeners, I'm so sorry that this is purely an audio podcast. So you didn't get to register our surprise when we saw on the screen the uh, the fresh face of the young man we're interviewing. I was prepared to meet a much older guy because I've heard about what he's done for quite some time. Chandler Rogers of, uh, well, what was Tribe and is now... Relay. What is it? Relay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Software no. developer, recovery it's- guy, I'm assuming is with us. Chandler, welcome to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Thanks so much, Nate. Happy to be here with you guys. All right. Yeah, no, no, it's totally true. <laughs> I, I, we, had, we, we talked about this before and we're like, oh, we knew Tribe like years ago. And then I made a joke about how young you look. And <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, no, I'm actually like 45, but I look super young. But you are... I'm 24. Yeah, I'm 24. Okay. Well, Bless so, your heart. This is going to be great. I'm so excited <laughs> about this right now. <laughs> here's oh, what I, I know. Uh, here's what I remember. Years. How many was it? Five years ago that we did the um, Samson retreat in Colorado at Bear Trap Ranch. I, I think it was about that, wasn't it? I, I don't know who you're asking. You know, I don't remember dates. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm asking I, you. I, Chandler, I, I still, I still oh. think I'm 15. So okay. Chandler's my older that brother. Was, I was just out of high school then. Oh out. my gosh. You know what? <laughs> okay. Shut up, Chandler. We're not talking to you right now. <laughs> may, may not have been five, may have been four, but it seems like no, it was it, five. It, it was all, more than that. But anyways, keep going. Yeah. So all I know is, so we had guys come from around the country to, to our retreat in Colorado. And there was one group from Georgia, I think, who wanted to come together. So it was a group of guys who came together. And we had a great retreat. And toward the end of the time, we had this conversation about the necessity of community and communication. And they said, oh, hey, we're already connected. We're doing this thing called Tribe. That was the first yep. I heard of it. Me too. And so we're talking with the guy. Are okay. you the guy? Wait, wait, Chandler, put us. No. No. So this is actually a really funny story of why we changed our name from Tribe to Relay is your problem. Because there's another tribe? Our tribe, which... We actually learned about after we started working oh! about a year ago. This is the biggest. That's right. So, <laughs> it wasn't. It was so our tribe, our, not tribe. Our okay. tribe, yes, has been in the space for about five years. And I actually heard about them around the time that I was um, coming to college a handful of years ago. Okay. And and so, I, funny enough, I'd kind of forgotten about them because they've actually pivoted to focus on uh, what, I, what I think is, is kind of therapy and, and counseling, connecting people through do a digital mean with counseling. And so when we set out uh, oh, Tribe felt really, like a really okay. good word for, for our app, which I, I can talk more about is kind of this okay, very good. connection-centric approach. And then we started realizing a lot of people still think about our tribe. And so we decided to pivot oh. away and focus on, on Relay so, for this idea of teamwork. And yeah. So, okay, okay. So, so we're not the first people to make that mistake. Okay, go ahead. The okay. First so, people, no. so, so how old were you when you were thinking we want to, because, uh, okay, I'm totally fascinated. I, I've just realized I'm old and I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm a youthful dude. I'm so youthful. You, you look maybe 26. <laughs> that felt like such a gracious lie, my friend, but uh, I appreciate it. I know it's my new hat, but <laughs> you, here you are. As, as a young person in college thinking, 
how do we use all of these things that are a part of our life to connect? Why did you even think you needed to connect? Like, that's my first question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's a, it's a deeply personal answer. It was many years before college. Like, uh, unfortunately, many many of us who, who fell into this from, from early teenage years, and I, I happen to be one of those. And, you know, for a number of years, middle school and high school, I, it, was, it was me alone trying to work through this and, and really resonate with a lot of the things that were talked about in the Samson Society around, um, you know, God doesn't have solo disciples, yet that's what I was trying to be and trying to work through repentance yeah. and, and, uh, and correcting this in my life completely alone. And, you know, everyone comes to this point in their journey where they realize that's not a very effective strategy to be successful. And Wait, so, I, so how, how old were you when you realized that was yeah. not a successful strategy? When you did know, that was, even occur to you? This, this was, this was uh, probably my last year in high school. So, so I was a senior wow. in high school, probably just 18 years old. And, and I, I was fed up with it because, you know, I'd grown up very religious and, and I had this desire to go serve a, a two-year mission for my church. And, and you know, I, I had this kind of weight in the back of my mind of, you know, when I graduate high school, I really want to feel good about where I'm standing. And, and so I'd started to realize, you know, I'm probably not the only guy going through this. And this probably doesn't need to be that big of a shameful thing. Like, why am I keeping this so close to me? You know, that's kind of where mm-hmm. I started to, to realize that it, keeping it isolated really was, was not what I should be doing. That's, yeah. Okay. So that, uh, I mean, that's huge. You're in uh, high school oh, yeah. thinking that. I yeah. love that. Were there any other guys in high school that you were talking to that were feeling that? Oh, yeah. And, and that's, so that's kind of the, the next part of the story was I ended up talking with, with both a few friends that I'd known as well as I, I joined just kind of a group therapy program and met both guys who were my age as well as young men who were older than I was in their 20s. And wait, 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 hell wait. <laughs> you joined a group therapy session in your senior year of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Please flesh that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think so. So kind of a little backstory on me, like if you. Um, if you could probably get a glimpse of, of maybe what people saw as the Chandler in high school, like I, I always felt a little bit like everyone, uh, thought that I was this perfect kid or, or was always excelling in a number of things wise beyond my years. Like a lot of people would, would say that, you know, even if I didn't have a beard back then that I seemed a lot older, you know, I was always uh-huh. thinking ahead and, and, and was pretty mature for my age. But what they didn't see was, was what I saw as this big looming personal struggle that I just couldn't overcome. And I, I actually came across um, a couple of just different sources here and there in the recovery community about the importance of working together with other people and, and mm-hmm. the role of connection, healing addiction. That was really kind of like that TED talk. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that that really just kind of resonated with me. I don't think it was any miraculous thing beyond that where I just kind of realized like, this is not me being a failure to go join a group. Like this is me like saying there's probably other guys who are also awesome and excelling in a lot of areas in their life. And I want to go team up with them and, and give support as well as get support for, for myself. You just said Fantastic. something, you just said something so vitally bizarre. There are probably other guys that are awesome 
and struggling. (laughs) Which says two things. Which says two things. That you accepted, yes, you have certain gifts and it's awesome and you need support. And there is a certain part of Christendom, of churchianity, that insists that we are worms, sinful pieces of crap, to get to the grace of God. And yet, what you just said is, no, I knew I had gifts, I knew I was special, and I knew I was struggling, but that didn't right. make me a piece of crap. It, and they could they could coincide, right? They didn't have to contradict. Yeah, Un- I, I, unpack that, young man. Yeah, no, totally. I, and this is something I'll say that I'm still practicing. So, for anyone out there listening, like this for me has not been a a light bulb moment of okay, I'm not going to stop beating myself up. It's okay. No, there are times that I I still feel this contradiction internally around. You know, I I feel like I am a really great person and I'm, I'm confident in myself in, in, a, in a lot of ways and in who I'm striving to become, not because I'm perfect or um, it, despite of my weaknesses, I, I know that I am doing my best and that I have strengths and I'm a good person and that I have weaknesses that I need to work on and I have trials and I sin. Um, but, but I think it's been a really helpful thing for me to accept, even if I don't always remember that that I am a good person, that God loves me and that like people who struggle with this type of thing are not inherently bad people. That is not what defines you as a good or bad person uh, for going through mortality and being faced with challenges that, that we have the opportunity to learn how to rely on God to overcome and better ourselves as men. And so I've, I've really tried to cling to those, those true principles of understanding who I am in my relationship with God um, and not let this struggle define me. Not let the struggle define me. Fantastic. Take note of that, listeners. That's that's the key thing, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to us about the development of uh, what began as Tribe and is now Relay. Yeah, I like the I like the associations with the word Relay. With it's it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so tell us the story. Totally. Yeah. So, so picking back up from my personal story, going to group taught me a couple of things. And one of the biggest things it taught me was that it is really important to team up with other people and not try to keep doing this alone. Once I've found a group, that's not enough. I need to figure out how to leverage that group to both help, like to help each other be successful. Um, and, and really let that be a a consistent factor in my recovery, um, for the rest of my life. And so, you know, as, as I thought more about the role that connection was playing in my recovery, there was times where I was really good at, you know, outside of group, reaching out to guys, setting up our own, our group chats. But a lot of the time, you know, that stuff would fizzle out or we weren't being super proactive. And what kept gnawing mm-hmm. at me, uh, was, you know, fast forward over the years, I'd come to meet upwards of 50, a hundred other guys in different groups and various settings and friends I'd talked to in real life here at college um, you know, most of the people were, that I t- opened up to about this were also in the same boat. Um, and so I, I right. had this moment where I realized, holy crap, like I know so many great guys now that I'm not doing very much on the daily to work together with them, to be more effective and successful together, to stay connected and to stay accountable. Um, so and, what, and so, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold yeah, yeah. on to find successful. 
I was not doing a lot to be successful. How did you define successful? You know, I, and, I think and that was, was that always accurate. Is, right. Yeah. I, I think success up front felt like, you know, am I slipping up or not? Um, how many days clean so, am I? But so I, I sobriety. started, right. Sobriety, but, but started to realize, you know, there, there's an element of, of things that I can control here more that are way more indicative of success, which is, am I managing my stressors and my emotions to, instead of backing into a corner of isolation, reaching out in a position of being vulnerable and authentic and, and being honest and, and all the qualities that I'm sure you guys talk a lot about here on the podcast, like defining success is like, am I being honest with my brothers? Am I leveraging them consistently? Am I showing up when both on days when I'm feeling good and when I'm not, um, and am I putting forth the effort to to help them and and to be put myself in a position to get help from them, or am I kind of being lazy and am I letting this uh, peer support system that I built not serve me very well? Okay. And so yeah. So oh, wow. So yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about the twofold. It's the two sides. You just said is my process helping other people and is it helping myself? Those yeah. are two very different things. And yet both of them are so important for anyone that goes to the 12 steps. Obviously when you get to the end, it's about helping other people yeah. through the process you went through, but it has to be both ways. If it's totally. not both ways, it's still a lie. And I realized I didn't need to be, crushing it at sobriety, you know, many years clean to help other guys. That was a big moment of realization for me was yeah. I did better Preach. whether I was zero days sober <laughs> yeah. or six months. I, if I turned outwards and tried to see who I could help, who I could strengthen, I did better. And that was a, a lesson that, you know, makes a lot of sense. And in, in the Bible, we learned very clearly, Jesus wants us to turn outwards and to help each other. Life is not a solo journey you don't need to be perfect or doing good at all to try to turn outwards, but also don't need to feel burdened. Like I think I realized I don't need to feel like it's my responsibility to help all these guys, you know, be okay. Mm -hmm. And and so I think finding that balance of trying to find ways that were appropriate and, and meaningful for me to turn outwards and help. All right, wow. Nate, I'm going to hand this to you after considering yeah. that Paul talks about, you know, emulate me as I emulate Christ was yeah. not him stating that he had it figured out. Right. But that he clearly kept saying, no, no, I have, I don't, I'm the chief yeah. among sinners. Right. So emulate me, not in my success, but in my process as I emulate Christ. Oh, so, wow. not in my success, but in my process. I like that. That's so, good. So take what we just heard Chandler say, young Chandler, mm. Young, still dripping with the. No, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. The, He's uh, not that young. Okay. Well, all right. But hey, I, I grew out the beard for this episode so that you guys <laughs> 50 years old. <laughs> but seriously, Nate, talk to us yeah. about what he just said because that's huge is that the oh. process is not just about success, but about participation with other men. And that's part of what success means. And that's what success is. I think it's 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 more fully defining success. If it is true that the church is not an organization, but it's an organism, uh, if we truly are 
in a spiritual sense, now and forever, connected to one another, so closely that we can only move together, then success, then, then whenever I am subordinating my ego, but bringing my gifts, when I'm offering not just my strength, but my weakness, I'm modeling vulnerability, I'm lending help, I'm asking for help, I'm not trying to be any bigger than I am, I'm just one member of the body of Christ, I'm not trying to be the head, that's all of Paul's language, that is success. And a byproduct, byproduct of that success is a growth in sobriety. Not perfection, but progress. It's steady growth and, and maturity. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. Now, now we interrupted you on the story. So you come into the realization, and now, uh, had, had you developed uh, apps before? Where did this yeah. skill set come from? So, so yeah, I so so it's me and, and a couple other friends here at, at college started working on it together, and uh, all of us had slightly different backgrounds. But I had I'd learned to code before, and and I had worked at a number mm -hmm. of startups, and and through that experience, I actually got really passionate about this idea of creating new products and bringing those things into the world to solve new problems that weren't well met by existing mm -hmm. products or services. And of course, through my personal experience with this issue, um, kept dwelling on like what, what had been missing for me in my experience of, in recovery here. And, and the looming thing that kept sticking out to me was, um, and how could it be easier for me to leverage the people that I'd come to know to work together more effectively instead of doing it alone, like so many of right. us continue to do. And so, yeah, through my background in, in coding and working at, at these different startups, um, I'd seen what it was like to build a software product and mm -hmm. um, had that itch and then applied that to my passion for this space. And, and that kind of is where Relay started was um, this insight around too many people were still trying to do it alone. And the role yeah. of connection being so critical in my own experience, how could we build a platform that enabled tight knit connection almost like team-like, which is where the name Relay uh, really mm -hmm. comes in, is helping people uh, get matched into these groups, whether they you know, already have an existing group and helping them stay, stay connected and accountable. Because um, in my experience, you know, we'd hop on a Zoom once a week for our group therapy program, and then our group chats would fizzle out throughout the week. Like It took us yeah. being proactive to stay connected more than just one day a week. So helping both of those groups out to stay connected 24-7 while also helping guys, you know, that have never found a group to get so, matched in with peers and work together effectively. So what is Relay? Define it. Yeah. Tell me what yeah. it is. Yeah. So Relay is an app that helps people find a strong peer support system. So what Relay does is I'm, I'm trying to work through recovery. I download the app and let's say I don't have an existing group that I'm going to. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I, I download Relay. Yeah. Where, where do I download it? I can download it on Android or Mac? Yeah, on, or an, any of on Android or App Store. So it's only for, for phones, but it's on both App Store and Play Store for, for both iPhone and Android. Yeah, so you download okay. it from, from Android, so I, let's say. I've, I've downloaded it, and I'm, I'm feeling isolated. I want to touch my wiener, but I'm like, God, I need support. And then I download it. Yeah. So here yep. I am. I've downloaded it now. Relay. And you're you're probably alone in your room, right? You are as isolated as it gets right now. Hey, don't get personal on get this. I do <laughs> okay. 
But all right, so I've got it's it. It's all going to change. Yeah. So you've got the app. And as you're creating your account, what we do is we ask a few simple questions. And we, what we're doing is we just match you into a group of five to 10 others that have similar characteristics for you. So this isn't any crazy algorithm. What we're doing is we're helping match guys into groups, guys and girls. So we actually have about 25% of our users are, are female, but groups, you know, t- by gender. So I'm a guy, I come in and it matches me into a group of other guys who are similar in age, who are working towards the same goal as me. Okay. So and, tell me, tell me about the same goal. So I get on yeah, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm answering what kinds of questions that puts Correct. me into that group. So it'll say, Hey, what, what are you here trying to improve? Like, are you here to quit smoking? Are you here to try to overcome pornography and sexual addiction um, and right now we're currently only marketing and advertising to people that are trying to overcome pornography or sexual addiction. And so that's, that's really the, you know, the current, um, okay. use case for the app, but the way that we're building it is, I believe applicable to a number of use cases where people are isolated, trying to overcome a very difficult habit or addiction. Good. Okay. And so you indicate, Good. yeah. So, so I'm here. So you know, I answer, I answer a few questions that I'm like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And then what happens next? So so then it matches you into your group. And before it puts you in, it shows you a preview of these are the guys that it's going to put you into a group with. Let's say I already have a group. I can, I can alternatively sign up with that group and keep me together with them. But if I didn't, in the scenario that you're talking about, it shows you, we found a match. Here's your group. Would you like to join your group? So you click join team. And then after that, you're in the app. And... I guess you want me to talk through kind of what does that look like now that I'm in my group? How does yeah, it work? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to yeah. know. I yeah, want to know. Yeah. Give it to me, man. So, so like one of the the key use cases that that we really tried to center relay around was how do you make it easier to reach out when you're not doing well? Typing out a message to say I'm struggling or I'm feeling tempted right now or or even you know I'm not about to go slip up. Maybe I'm um, realizing I'm feeling stressed or. You know, we see this in in the Samson Slack channel all the time. You know, guys sharing vulnerably about whatever's affecting them that day. Um, it's tough to write out those messages. So the feature in Relay that is kind of front and center is the red flag feature, where with just one click of a button, it essentially raises a flag that lets everyone else in the group know that you're feeling off. And so that sends a notification to their phones that then they can hop into the group chat area, uh, where they can say, "Hey, Chandler, looks like if you're okay, man. Like, how's it going? Like, talk to me." And what we've seen actually is, is that feature reduces the friction drastically to help people reach out. So we see that happening more and more, uh, but we're also making idea. it easy. So, we're making so, it easy for people to, to then see that and respond right. quickly. So, as well. so they don't have to define all that quote off means. Yeah. I, I love Not, that you yeah. said I'm feeling off because it can mean whatever. Even, yeah. Even in the last few days, I've had some things that I felt off. Yeah. And it has yeah. been hard to define. And I I love the guy I'm talking to and, and and we got to talk through that. However, you're saying the, the what I experienced was I don't know what's off. I, I can't define it all. There's there's a lot of factors, but I push this button that says I feel off. And then yeah. I can have some response to the offness. That is not defined. I don't have to define it. That's exactly because because awesome. what do we do when we when we sit there and we we try to figure out how do we define what we're feeling? Odds are we don't reach out because it's hard to put into words. <laughs> or yes. I feel shameful because maybe I don't want to come off like I'm 
feeling more exposed than I currently am or whatever the right verbiage is. Right. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I wait, go through this wait. all the time. Right. <laughs> it's, it's worse than that is I just went through this last week and I feel embarrassed yeah, to tell people yeah. I feel off again in the exactly. same way. Exactly. You were all gracious to me last week, but I don't believe you will be this week because it's the same damn thing. Right. But but the awesome part about Relay is we're trying to remove that shame and, and reduce the feeling of I'm being a burden because I'm constantly reaching out, dumping, you know, feelings of I'm feeling yeah. off. Well, no, we all have this button that lets us very quickly raise a red flag that indicates so-and-so's, you know, not doing so well. It may be that they're, they're feeling, um, you know, stressed and it may be that they're feeling like they're literally about to, to act out. It doesn't matter because we're just trying to reduce the or, friction or, to help connect really quickly. Or, yeah. or if they have acted out, right? Exactly. If they're already deep so, in the weeds, right? So I'll talk. I'll talk about that really quickly. So, so that I talked okay. about the red flag feature. Um, we we have some baseline features, you know, like most other apps, to be able to track your sobriety. And and one thing is I've talked to guys about is look, like use what works for you in terms of a, a system for accountability or, or whatever you've termed, uh, you've discovered to be effective. What the core part of Relay is we're trying to help increase visibility for people to stay connected uh, and accountable with each other, authentic and open. And so what our, our check-ins allow each day is there's a level of visibility where I can log how I'm doing in terms of my sobriety. And I can also set check-ins to help me uh, log how I'm feeling in a given moment and reflect on that. With both nice. of those processes, we make it visible to where, you know, it's not exposing my private journal entries, but it is a level of visibility where I can see, oh, it looks like Nate just logged a mood check an hour ago. And it looks like he was feeling somewhat bad because he's feeling burnt out and a little anxious right now. I'm going to start a conversation. And Nate didn't even have to raise a red flag or say anything because that's transparent to an extent. And, and so what we're trying to do is reduce the friction of knowing how people are doing and, and then make it easy to facilitate conversation around that. Wow. Chandler, you're a brilliant young man. I like you. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, okay. You're a fucking idiot, but I like you still. I don't know. No, what do you, I, what I do you want from me? I said you, I said no. you were awesome. It's uh, not, it's not me guys. What we've, we, we've really tried to do here. This isn't, I guess this is also something I'd love to share about Relay is we're not trying to reinvent the science here. There's brilliant people like Nate and others that have written lots of content or come up with lots of really helpful discoveries that hit on the important principles and, and steps and things that we need to learn to be successful. Um, what Relay is trying to do is provide an element of making it easy to apply whatever curriculum you subscribe to, whatever you're learning right now, whatever your stage you're at, we are the layer of connection and accountability to provide that team tight-knit aspect because I can get a big community forum in a Slack channel. I can get a big community forum on Reddit, uh, but it's hard for me to stay connected in a tight-knit way, and we want to make that easier for everyone. But here's, oh, here's, here's why, Chandler, I'm saying that you are inspiring for your generation. And you, you're, I don't know, probably a year to two years off of my oldest son. So it matters to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes me feel old. Um, but you are talking about engaging and taking responsibility for your process. And for old people watching 
what's been happening the last few years, we see a lot of young people being angry about why is this not happening for me, which they would call, I don't know, the word sure. entitled. Entitled, yeah. Would be yeah. the word that we would use. Oh, yeah. And you're talking about taking back responsibility for, yeah, I do want other people to help step into the responsibility, but I will take my own responsibility. It is both. It's not an either or. It's not just, oh, nobody takes responsibility for me and I'm pissed off. Well, no, I'll take my responsibility, but I also want people to step into this with me. And that is something that older generations don't always understand because they were just supposed to do it on their own. And yeah. this is a beautiful thing to say, here's what it is to take responsibility and ask for others to step in and bear my burdens with me. That is beautiful. Chandler, I love it. How, how do people get in touch with you, get in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, no. So, so they can email me Chandler at joinrelay.app. I I'd love to talk to people both that are considering trying out Relay or people that are using it to get feedback. Um, or they could check out our website. That's the easiest way to see more about Relay and then go download the app. So the website is joinrelay.app. So the, those are the easiest ways that you can reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Fan freaking tastic. I'm feeling a lot more optimistic uh, Aaron, about the uh, about about the the rising generation. Yeah, I'm just feeling old right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try harder no, next time to not make you feel that way. I'm sorry. Well, you <laughs> no, know, I don't know. You already grew the beard. I don't know what you can do. Uh, I I will say this. I have noticed. You know, I, I'm one of the guys who who uh, hosts newcomer meetings. Uh, typically, I'm, I'm busy for the next month or so, but typically I host the Saturday morning newcomer meeting. There's a newcomer meeting at Samson every day. Uh, and I have noticed uh, the uh, the faces are tending, trending younger. It's not like there aren't guys my age. Uh, you know, it takes it, it's taken this long for them to wake up and ask for help. But I've noticed, and it is a very heartening trend to see that more and more young men are waking up earlier. Uh, I, I always have to stifle a little bit of envy because I burned a couple decades that I didn't need to burn. Uh, so I hope that you and your friends are the harbinger of a revolution, a social revolution, that we can remove the stigma of asking for help that will become normal and not exceptional, that we won't, uh, you know, feel the urge to stand and give a round of applause uh, when somebody your age comes in, but it'll be more and more to be accepted. I'm going to really hope the, the harbinger of revolution. Come on. <laughs> that was worth it just for that. Nate that has, inspirational, inspirational call to action right there. Oh, put it on a tagline, put it on your website. Come on. That's what Nate's good for. Our phrases like the harbinger it. of revolution. That's you. I love it. And it's, it's okay. the rebel. It's, it's both the revolution. And, and this is a, uh, this is for everyone to your point, right? This isn't just yeah. old guys. This isn't just young right. guys. This is for everyone. This isn't just guys in general. This yeah. is for anyone. And, and it's the revolution of we're not doing this alone anymore. We're banding together and we're going to help each other go through this. 
So and and man, fantastic. when it trickles backwards, this was when you, this started when you were a senior in high school, which is yeah. so glorious. Yeah. But oh, when the eighth grader and the ninth grader feels like they're confused and finds yeah. a way out, then we're rocking some stuff that we've never rocked before because, oh my gosh, I want a ninth grader saying, give me community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful. All right. You've got the information. You know where to go. So we will be right back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. And we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh my gosh, why was that fun to have a young twenties guy on this? I, that was so surprising and so delightful. I just yeah. was so happy. I'm yeah, still. Yeah. I'm, I'll be happy all night. I got to do a dinner party, but I'm gonna be happy all night because of that. And you know, does that make you feel a little bit better? You got a daughter who, I mean, she is. Uh, she just got her. She passed her driver's test. She's getting a car. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel some anxiety for young ladies these days saying, are they going to be able to meet a young man who doesn't have his head up his ass? I think I'm feeling a little more optimistic right now. <laughs> just just keep talking. I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, do you want an honest answer to that? I do. What do you, yeah, what do you I do. Want, what do you want from me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, it's, was, I mean that was no. part of my why I was my excitement talking to this guy. I'm thinking, oh, the young guys are figuring it out. It's gonna, it's gonna be safe for my granddaughter, maybe. So, <laughs> oh, what a great, ridiculous question that is. I love yeah. it. So good. Um, the the reality that uh-huh. I think of because I love hanging out with my daughter and we hang out with yeah. each other so much. And I know a no, there's no way she's going to find a guy who has not been influenced by the insanity of right. this stuff. Right. But beyond that, that there are not many young women who are not influenced mm-hmm. by the insanity right. of this. So now you've got like double insanity, yeah. right? which is not part of how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first instinct is to protect, but there's no way to protect against something that can't be protected against. It's right, right, reality. Right, right, right. So my great hope and yes, what is encouraging is that there are people like Chandler mm-hmm. who are saying, I, I want to deal with this. And in part, yeah. although we didn't talk about it, but I'm sure if he was on right now, in part, it is, I want to protect myself against this so that I know how to enjoy true intimacy with another person. Mm-hmm. 
And that's yeah, not yeah. and that's not to vilify sex, and it's not to over sexualize sex to eroticize our children. Right, right. Um, There's a middle ground, and the middle ground hasn't been reached well. The church has done a horrible, horrible job in trying to make sex the enemy until you get married, and then it's awesome. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. It's just confusing. Right, right. right. And so, as as a father, yeah, I mean, I've got three sons and one daughter, and that poor girl has to carry <laughs> a lot more of the weight of, you know, no guys. Guys are bad. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, that's, yeah. and that's not true. So, yeah, it, it was encouraging to hear him talk and to just know there are guys that are trying to address this. And I, I believe if we had him on right now, it would not just be for his own sake, but for the sake of the woman that he will be with. And yeah, that's what yeah. I hope for, for my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as you said, you're preparing for a dinner party. You've got guests coming over. <clears throat> I've got to make Allie's uh, dinner and get things set for the evening, but boy, what a great way to, to end the day here. I've really enjoyed our time together. Listeners, we'd love to hear your feedback. And you can always reach us at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a great guest coming up next week and another one the week after that. The calendar's filling up. It's going to be a good year on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Until next week, then. I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> and we are your pal on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Arrgh. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.